This is Zips Unlimited, a show about the University of Akron, its programs, its people, and its community. Zips Unlimited is produced by WZIP-FM. Hello and welcome to another episode of Zips Unlimited. My name is Chris Kepler. I'm the general manager here at WZIP. Coming up in a few minutes, one of our students, Logan Congrove, is going to be stopping by. He had a chance to talk with the new University of Akron women's soccer coach, Jen Simonetti. So we're going to hear all about that. But before we get to Logan, I want to welcome a familiar, somewhat familiar name and, and voice and, and for me, face. And that would be Juan Contreras. Welcome back to Zips Unlimited. Well, thank you for having me, Chris. We are going to be talking about, we've talked about this before, actually, but we love talking about it. So, you know, every time we get the chance. And that is the fact that, you know, you're, you're listening to WZIP and, you know, I'm associated with WZIP. If you listen to this show, we name drop you all the time. Um, one, <laughs> he's the guy in charge of ZTV. We make a lot of references to ZTV, um, partially because some of the students here are involved in both of these co-curriculars and also just because it's uh, an important part of the campus community. So it just kind of comes up in conversation. Um, and Juan and I are going to talk a little bit really about what these co-curriculars are, um, how our students get involved, and, and I guess why they're beneficial. But for people who don't know, I think if people are listening to this, and they could be listening to the podcast version, so they might not be listening to the radio. <laughs> but either way, there are some people who might not realize what ZTV is. Juan, what is it? Well, uh, just like WZIP, it's a student-run media uh, entity within the School of Communication, another co-curricular activity that our students can get involved in. Uh, And it functions just like any other TV station. It actually broadcasts on the University of Akron cable system on channel 45-1. And all of the programming that we have is produced by students in uh, in ZTV, and we also distribute all of our content in social media, just like uh, TV stations are doing nowadays. So, if you don't live on campus, you can still watch our programming on um, on YouTube, and uh, you know, follow us on social media and the, for each of our different shows. Let's talk about what those shows are, um, because they they really do. I often tell the students who are interested in being becoming part of ZTV, the ones that I happen to meet. Uh, you know, I, I tell them that the skill set that you need, that you'll learn, is really the same no matter what you do at ZTV. It's a matter of the context in which you apply it, right? I mean, because you have a lot of different shows to choose from, but no matter what, you need people to operate cameras and do editing and set up lighting and do some writing and, and be on camera and all the things that go along with any kind of video production, right? That's right. Uh, generally speaking, the the, the general skill set will be applicable to all of our shows. Uh, depending on what you want to do, you might get more of the TV studio experience uh, or you might get more experience in field production. Uh, regardless of what kind of show that you do in ZTV, you'll, you're going to get video editing experience, that's for sure. But uh, but yeah, on camera and behind the camera and video editing will be always part of the game and writing components too. You sure. have to write scripts for the news, for for the sketch or for your package. So yeah, when you said sketch, you're talking specifically about the sketch comedy show, right? We have a sketch comedy show called Akron After Hours, and uh, it's a uh, it sort of started like a late night comedy show, but then it over the years it has evolved into just sketch comedy and. Um, they have to write short sketches, uh, two to five minutes, and they do them. They're very cinematic nowadays, so it's kind of like watching short films, but always with punchlines and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, very creative. They, they've even ventured in doing like uh, uh, 
still with like the the comedy uh, side of things, but they've done like short films and and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so up to like forty minutes it was uh, one that they did in uh, a year ago, uh, summer twenty twenty one, and uh, it it's been circling around in uh, indie <laughs> film festivals, which is not usually what we do. But right, yeah, yeah. but getting recognition, right, for yeah. Real. Um, ZTV Sports Report, that's a mainstay at ZTV, isn't it? Right. The ZTV Sports Report is uh, getting all kinds of super cool experiences because they uh, get to also uh, help the Department of Athletics on campus and they uh, work production crew uh, during the broadcast on ESPN Plus for all the all of our games. And then they come back to the station with the footage that they grabbed uh, during the games. Then they put together their uh, highlight reels and whatnot, and then they produce a, a half-hour uh, sports talk show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's two of the shows. Um, Class Canceled is one that has gotten recognition, won awards, and is really a lot of fun. A little bit different. That first-person perspective is a lot of fun. Yeah, we, with Class Canceled, we sort of like partnered with the university, and what we wanted to do is uh, have a show where the students could talk about student life, but not from an institutional perspective. We really wanted to highlight it from the student perspective 100%. And they have uh, full creative freedom to do what they want to do and they and show what the college experience is for them. So uh, they get to go to all kinds of cool places. And, you know, the whole premise is what would a student do when classes cancel? So, um, you know, it sort of started with like, well, students go to their dorm and, mm-hmm. and just hang out there. But then we realized that that's not really what students do. They go outside uh, into our local community and uh, do fun stuff. Yeah. So. Well, and for those who are hanging around their dorm, they, they probably want something to do. That's why they're in the dorm, because they don't know what to do. Right, if yeah. If they were watching ZTV and class canceled, <laughs> they would have already known, see? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a... A fun show, and it um, it sort of started with the idea, not necessarily do it like as a as you know a, a broadcast uh, style of television show. It's it's literally meant to be a YouTube series. Mm-hmm. So uh, so it's it's great in that respect. Is uh, it's a little shorter. Is it's fast paced. It's fun, um, and it shows a lot of uh, activities that students can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it really. I mean, it, it all of these things really come back to some form of storytelling, whether it's a formal, you know, scripted type, you know, like sports story or news story or something like that, but even something like the sketch comedy, those, every one of those sketches are stories among themselves. Right. You know, and obviously they're, they're intended to be funny and, and some of them might evolve some, you know, some physical comedy and stuff like that, but it still comes down to storytelling. And I think that even like our DJs on the air at WZIPA, I often tell them that no matter what you're doing, you're always telling some kind of a story. And that story might be something as simple as, you know, um, you know what, what, what you did this morning or why you were you know, frustrated last night because of traffic or something like that. But you're still telling a story. And there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. Um, and I think, you know, what we're doing, you know, with these co-curriculars and then within each of the co-curriculars is, is allowing students and, and providing the tools and the education necessary, you know, to whether you want to call it storytelling or not, but to do that in a lot of different formats. Um, 
you know, like you just said with, with ZTV, it's really, and if we think in terms of just television and it stops right there, we're really not thinking the way we need to be. And same thing right. with radio. I mean, if we, if we think it's just terrestrial radio and that's the end of the story, it's not. And, and you're really kind of shortchanging the students if, if we're not going to integrate social media um, and, and other like web activity into what we're doing because that's, that's what's really happening out there. Right. The, any kind of a student that is looking at working in media nowadays needs to have a, a wider variety of skills than maybe um, would have been needed 20, 30 years ago. And all of that has been gradually changing over time. And, uh, and so our programs have evolved to, to account for that. And, uh, and you're absolutely right. The whole idea is to, to tell stories. And sometimes that means, uh, you know, um, packaging in one way, but then repackaging it for mm -hmm. another method of delivery or, or, or something like that. Uh, and that's what our students are going to train to do uh, in our programs, for sure. Well, I, I'll tell you, that, and it's true, because the, my last full-time radio job, um, we did exactly that. I mean, I might have to call in a live report following some kind of like, a news conference or something like that. Um, then I would get back and write the story that would be broadcast with different sound bites and things. I would have a, a, like a fuller-length interview I'd put on the website, plus we would usually have to do a whole video package with a stand-up and everything, just the same thing as a TV package. Uh, but it was obviously it was a radio station, so it was just for web. I would have never dreamed that I would spend so much time editing video for my radio job as what I ended up doing. And it's because of what you just said. I mean, that's that's the way it is. Yeah, if you go to a, a NP, uh, in another radio station, right, that you're going to find that they have a website and they have the stories. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you need somebody to write it in the uh, traditional journalistic approach and mm -hmm. then you might have photo and video and so now you need to have all those skills to do that and then you might be on the radio later talking about the same stories so yeah that's where what makes it a, a little bit comp more complicated but it's also what makes uh having these programs available to our students uh to be such a such a wonderful thing and uh, a great opportunity for them to to get not only those skills but also uh, get other skills. You know, after all, the programs are open to all students at the university. So, mm -hmm. if if somebody who might be studying uh, marketing or, and whatnot, you still need those skills to uh, reach your audiences or any other trade that where you might be thinking of uh, creating content for mm -hmm. for an audience to um, support your business or to um, do whatever line of work that you're needing. If yeah. you wanna reach your your customers and uh, your target audiences. That's what you have to do in today's day and age, and you do it through social media channels. And, and to be honest, you know, a lot of the students who come up here, um, you know, not a, a great number of them, but but definitely a, a decent percentage, um, they want to be part of WZIP and ZTV just because they think it's fun. Right, and it's, yeah. You know, they're, they're, we, we had one of our favorites uh, that, that just left over the – Nick McFadden. He's been on this show before for a couple of different things. And, you know, he did the radio and the TV. He did great at both. He was a finance major. He wants nothing to do with working in media. Shout out to Nick. He's in, he's in law school now. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, we have a lot of people like that. Where that's, you know, they're, you know, they're passionate about it, but more as, as a, you know, sort of a college hobby. They just think it'd be kind of cool. And, and we think it's kind of cool, too. Um, you know, so that's why some of the people involved with the radio and the TV up here, that's fine. Yeah, that is yeah. absolutely fine. As much as we want to prepare people to work in media as professionals, 
um, it's it's nice to have that balance and that you know some some level of diversity where we're getting a more of a cross section of the student body and not just a whole bunch of people who all love to see themselves and hear themselves. Um, right. You know, and there's some of that too. You know, and that's part of the business. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think our sports department, WZIP, is vibrant as well. Um, the uh, men and women, by the way, um, they you know have a two-hour-long show every week uh, called Sports Power Talk. It's unscripted live radio. These these folks are, you know, analyzing sports and talking about sports and putting interviews on the air. A lot of University of Akron coverage. Um, they are, are often credentialed for sports games. You know, I sent a couple students out to Portland to follow our men's basketball team. You know, a few months ago when they when they made it. Um, they do live sports day updates on the air and, and all kinds of things. And, it, you know, you'll really find that there's a lot of activity in this part of Colby Hall at the University of Akron, um, home of the school communications. So obviously we kind of work hand in hand with the school because we're part of it. But, um, you know, students who, if they're current students who happen to be hearing this, you know, like Juan said, you are welcome. Um, come see us, look for us, fill out our application. We're going to be doing training. We do it every single semester. And, you know, we, we certainly welcome more and more people. And, and honestly, the students who have been here, you know, more than, say, a semester or two, that are really, they're kind of driving everything, they really like, you know, working with the newer folks. Have you found that? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think they they're sort of like... There's no, like, eye rolling, like, oh, my gosh, another new person. What, they, like, really want to yeah. help them, you know? Right, I think they recognize the, what the programs are doing for them, and it's sort of like they, they're saying, like, oh, people need to know about this. And, yeah. Um, and, yeah, they're very welcoming. And um, I don't know if you you do this, but uh, in during the, the WZIP meetings, but during the ZTV meetings, at the very end of the semester, we have our seniors that are about to graduate like, go to the front oh, yeah. and, like, share some... I call it my graduate some... bye-bye meeting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... Uh, during the the bye bye meeting, they, <laughs> I think the most the, it's bye bye cry cry. A yeah, lot of times it's really, oh yeah. I I'm kind of worked up about it sometimes because I'm like I don't want to start bawling in front of the whole class, <laughs> but I'm worried I'm going to because it really is tough to watch some of this stuff. Well, what I do is I just sit in the back where nobody can see me. So, uh, but yeah, and and the most probably the comment that I hear the most is. Uh, for people that joined maybe more like towards their junior and senior mm-hmm. years is I wish I had joined this program earlier. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it's just so interesting that I, you know, after I've been in ZTV for, this is my eighth year, and every semester I hear that comment from somebody who's graduating who m- wish had joined a little bit earlier. Yeah. You know, and that just speaks volumes of the kind of experience that the students are having. Mm-hmm. The the difference that it's making for their collegiate experience and well, hopefully beyond that. Right. It, you know, I hear a lot, too, and I've always assumed that you do, and I don't think I've ever asked you. I have a lot of people, I have some every single semester at the end of the semester who are graduating that are only part of ZTV. They're, they've never been in WZIP. And they'll come to me and say, my biggest regret in all of college over everything is that I didn't embark with the radio and it's not because they wish they would have done it instead of ztv they wish they would have added it on right and i i've told a couple of people like i'm almost positive juan gets the exact same comments from people who are like oh i wish i would have been in ztv and now i'm graduating right yeah <laughs> I, I do get that and i mean some people like say like oh maybe i didn't have the time and all that but i think when, once they get to the end they're like they realize i i did have the time i should yeah. have done it yeah for sure <laughs> 
All right. Well, listen, you can you can always, um, you know, look us up online, all the socials that you would expect. Uh, we have websites, as I said, you know, with Juan, uh, YouTube, and you literally can just go to YouTube and type in ZTV Akron. You're going to find all kinds of stuff. Absolutely. You can sample the programming, see where you might fit in if you're a future student or a current student, and obviously WZIP 88.1 FM. You know, on Zips Unlimited, we don't tell lies. And I just said a little while ago that Logan Congrove spent a little bit of time with our new University of Akron women's soccer coach, Jen Simonetti. Logan, you're a soccer guy to begin with, right? Yes. I mean, you follow it. You played it. Absolutely. You, it, you do all kinds of stuff for soccer. I do. So you, 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 you know what you're talking about. Having sat down with Coach Simonetti, what are, what are you looking at for this season? I mean, are we in good hands? How, how, how do you think this is going to shake up, shake up? I think we are in good hands. I really don't think that it's out of the question for the Zips to be a title contender in the MAC and hopefully eventually make the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think we are in fantastic hands with Coach Simonetti with her transition coming over from a very successful program at Case Western Reserve, coming over to the University of Akron, which is D3 to D1. It's quite the transition, but I think she can handle it. And that's what we talked about first in my interview with her. I think the big changes are the amount of support you have at Division One between the staff, um, the support staff that just help you in all facets of program management, as well as the resources, and obviously the ability to offer athletic aid definitely helps. But from my perspective, I think coaching the game is coaching the game, so that hasn't changed a lot. And I also think the way in which a coach decides to run their program and manage their players doesn't necessarily change a whole lot from division to division. So we're doing a lot of similar things and similar concepts, just hopefully at a higher level. A little bit more about coming over from Case. Is there anything that you brought over culture-wise that you wanted to reinstall here at Akron, or did you want to start anything new here? I think every program needs to be evaluated in its own right. There are definitely a lot of things that went really well for us at Case. First, I brought my staff with me. So Josh came over and is an assistant coach, so that helped tremendously. But from a coaching perspective, The culture that we created at Case was probably one of the best I've ever had in my career. And so we're trying to implement some similar things here in terms of being here for the program, really getting to know your teammates so that you do a better job of supporting them on and off the field, building strong relationships so that we have a better connection on the field. So culturally, we're trying to bring a lot of that over as well. When it comes to preparation, is it different preparing a team in Division One than it is Division Three, or is it similar? It's different in the sense that we get more time with our athletes, so you can take a little bit more time learning concepts, working on fitness, and, and building into an identity, whereas at Division Three, you only get about six or seven days of preseason that is very, very busy. So I appreciate the extra time we get with our student athletes. It helps us develop them, keep them healthy on a slower timeline, but um, hopefully to a bigger picture. Other than that, I think, you know, you take each team, you look at the players that you have, and you build your identity based on that. So I think it's different for every program. Definitely. And then you spoke about preseason. What would you say is a good thing in a preseason to work on, especially coming into a new program? Setting a standard, I think. Letting them know what our expectations are as a coaching staff, what our beliefs are, and just what we expect of them as individual players and as a program. So setting those expectations early. Um, Other than that, it's really just getting to know the players on an individual basis to see how you can best create a team identity. So that's what we spent a lot of preseason doing is allowing them to compete in different facets, to play in different positions, and really to pull out the best skills of each individual player to put them into the big picture. When you came in, what were some factors that drew you to Akron? What made you want to come be the head coach for Zips Women's Soccer? 
I've lived 10 minutes down the road for the last four years, and I grew up 10 minutes down the road. So I was actually recruited to one of the first women's classes here. Oh, wow. I chose not to come here, <laughs> but because of the development I've seen in the university and in the athletic department over the last 20 years, it was just really remarkable to see what they've put into the athletic department, honestly. Um, some other facets are just the ability to priority schedule with our student athletes so that we can set a training time where you have all of your athletes. The idea that I have full-time staff members working with me on a daily basis so that there's always somebody that can question ideas and concepts and, and support our student athletes. Uh, the fact that I can actually see my kids a little bit. I have three young children that I want to be a part of their lives in the afternoon and, and it's a little bit easier to do that here. And they can, you know, hop into practice when they're only 10 minutes down the Definitely. road so I can run and grab them and they can be around the players. So there's just a lot of positives that came with the position, to be honest. That's awesome. Talk a little bit more about your family. I know you have a very soccer-oriented family. Yeah, so my husband works at one of the premier soccer clubs in the region um, and then also has a facilities job. My kids are five, seven, and nine, all involved in soccer, but we're kind of, my husband and I are so soccer intense that we've tried to not force them to play, so we've <laughs> waited for them to ask to play, and, and they have, and so they actually really enjoy playing because it's been their decision versus ours. We try to get them into other sports, um, keep them active. My parents live a mile down the road from us, so we have some support there. My in-laws come in from England for nine weeks in the fall to really help us out because obviously the season's really busy, and we have two humongous dogs, so just one big, loud, crazy <laughs> family. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when you came into Akron on such a short notice, how were you able to evaluate the current player pool that you were given? We just set them up in training to bring out all the different abilities and skills that are involved with playing the game. And so we started to pick out individual players, individual skill sets, and we just kind of created that environment in training. And then obviously we had some side conversations. We had individual meetings with the players. We got to know them a little bit off the field to figure out how they tick and how they like to be coached and how they like to be communicated with. So just a lot of work from our coaching staff on and off the field. And then to continue on branch on that topic, when you did come in, what was a key factor that you looked for in players in order to make your system work and make a difference immediately? We actually create the system based around the players. So okay. one of the first things I always look at is fitness because I think it tells me about your intrinsic motivation to work hard when there's not a coach telling you what to do and there's no one around you to support you. And then from there, we want to play a possession style of soccer. So the players that have a good tactical understanding of movement and positional rotation, as well as the technical ability to keep the ball. So those are some of the things that we looked at. But really, um, just kind of, again, like I said, taking what our players have and putting them onto the big picture of the tactical identity we, we are creating. Definitely. And were there any players that grabbed your interest immediately, even before you were hired as the head coach? Honestly, I try to come into a new program with a really open mind. So aside from watching a little bit of film where you couldn't even identify players' numbers, right. we didn't look at rosters, we didn't look at stats, we wanted to come in and create our own opinions of our players. So honestly, no. Every coach sees the game in a different way. What is your vision for this season and for the future with Akron Women's Soccer? And what is your vision for the game overall? That's a great question. My vision for this year is to create a team identity. We want to be known to be Akron women's soccer. We want coaches to talk about what we bring to the field because of who we are and not you know, who we're playing against. So we're just creating our own identity. We want to be an extremely hardworking, organized um, team, honestly. We're really going to focus on all 11 players on the field and every player on the bench having a major role in the success of our program. 
we're hoping that it comes together to the point where we can do damage in the conference and make it into the conference tournament even this year. I don't think that that's completely out of reach for us. So just trying to build confidence in the players to get there. And who would you say in the conference is your biggest rival? Kent State. Of course. <laughs> Got team down the road. That team down the road. We Disliked. play them on the 25th. So would you say that's the game that fans should attend this year if they're going to attend any of them? Absolutely. It's a Sunday afternoon. It's going to be a great game, um, and it's really going to set the tone for our conference run. And I asked William Portman of the men's team yesterday, and I'll ask you as well, what would you say is the biggest advantage to playing at First Energy Stadium? I think the atmosphere is incredible. Obviously, the playing surface is one of the best in the country, and the atmosphere and the support that we have for just Akron soccer in general is phenomenal. It's great to see other student-athletes come out to support each other. It's great to see our fans in the stands. So I think it is a true home advantage. On the day we are recording this podcast, the women's team has a game tonight at First Energy Stadium, September 8th at 7 p.m. versus Niagara. Talk a little bit about tonight's game and what you're looking for. We've actually had a really great week of training in our opinion, so what we're looking for is that we take some of those concepts that we've talked about and trained and make sure that they come out in our game tonight. We're looking to be competitive, again, hardworking, high energy, and hopefully put away some of our chances early. So just looking for a great game tonight. Nice to be back at home for once. Definitely. The women's team is currently sitting at 1-0-2. Going to go back and talk a little bit about a few of the previous games. Your first game of the season, you won 1-0 over Youngstown State. First win for you, first win for your program this season. What do you think went well in that game, and what were you able to carry over into the future? I think what went well is that we created a new tactical identity as a program, and they worked extremely hard to implement that on the field. And it was great to see some of the passing patterns and movements and things that we've asked of them come out in the first game, which we only had one scrimmage prior to that, so it was really great to see that. Definitely. Then moving on, uh, the women's soccer team tied Marshall 2-2. Two to two. What did you take away from Marshall, and how were you able to improve coming off that game? Marshall was an extremely athletic team, so they definitely had some of the faster players that we've played against. Um, we were able to come out and create a lead that we then gave away, but what I thought was the most impressive about our performance that day was that we were able to come back and get the draw, which on the road in that environment with a lightning delay, I think it was just a great performance, and it shows that our team is fighting and competing and, and a bit more gritty than you would hope. And finally, thus far, the women's soccer team finished up playing Oakland University, tying one-to-one. Jen, what did you take away from that game, and how are you going to bring that into your next match against Niagara, as Eastern Kentucky was obviously a no contest with the lightning delay? Oakland was also a great game for us in the sense that, again, we were on the road playing against a team that had a lot of upperclassmen experience and leadership. We were able to get ahead again. Um, unfortunately, we didn't hold on to the lead, but they were a very dynamic team, so we grew in the way that we're able to communicate and pass off defenders and move. And again, it came down to us just competing for 90 minutes. So I thought it was a great result on the road in the, in the environment that we were in that day. Definitely. And with your new team, so far, what is your favorite memory you've experienced this season? We actually, it just happened a few days ago, is that we had a team bonding day where we created a scavenger hunt all across campus with some crazy clues that took them to different 
points on the campus that they had to learn about, and then we asked them to take pictures and videos and things and create a montage, a, a little TikTok per se, <laughs> and present to the team later. And it was really great to see how they worked together in small groups, how they communicated, the joy that they brought to the event that we created, and then when they put their videos together just to get together and watch them as a team, it was really fun to see some personalities come out and a little bit of growth in our culture. So that was actually my favorite memory to date. That's awesome. And then circling back to your vision, I want to touch on one more thing. How is your current squad able to implement your vision for the game? And when you talk about how you saw the game of soccer, what is one thing about soccer that really sticks out to you that you try to keep with you each day? The players have been able to implement what we've asked of them because... One, they've bought into it. They're really excited to create a successful environment, a successful program. But two, they also have the ability. They're smart soccer players. They're talented soccer players. And so just with the direction that we're giving them and the coaching that we're giving them, they're able to understand it and then implement it on their own. The thing about the vision of soccer is that I, I love possession. I love the pretty game, you know, per se. But I also love the fact that there are no timeouts. So soccer is really about the players going onto the field and problem solving in different moments and having enough knowledge about the game and different ways to play the game that they can create their own success on the field. So it's really fun to see how they develop as players and how they implement just problem solving in the moment. Anything else you want to touch on today, Jen? I just want to give a shout out to my coaching staff. Um, Josh Kay came across from Case with me and we have a great working relationship. We bounce ideas off of each other. He's been really, really awesome. He is a zip by nature, so he's super excited <laughs> to be here. And then Maggie Kuhn, who came over from Lockhaven, I've known her for about 15 years, and she just brings a really nice balance to our coaching staff, a lot of experience, um, really helps in all facets of the program. So just a huge shout out to them and their ability to support everything that we're doing here. Absolutely. Last question for you. Who would you say is the best mascot in the entire country? Obviously, Zippy. <laughs> and actually, Logan's interview with Coach Simonetti is going to be coupled with another interview that he did with men's head soccer coach, Jared Embick. A couple of players, also some analysis about soccer with another WZIP sports reporter, Pat Weber. They're putting that all together for one of the WZIP branded podcasts. This one's called SPT Overtime. You heard me talk a little while ago about Sports Power Talk. That's the live, unscripted sports talk show that we air every Sunday morning at 11. And SPT Overdrive is, again, an extension of that show. So you'll hear all about what's going on in the soccer world at the University of Akron. You should have no trouble finding SPT Overtime on any podcast platform. Zips Unlimited can be heard each Saturday at noon on 88.1 WZIP-FM. Z-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A-A